0: Are you a woman entrepreneur who's just excited about the world and you want to play a bigger part in it. You want a deep spiritual connection. You appreciate the finer things in life. You want to be super visible, make a global impact and enjoy life to the fullest. Well, you're my kind of gal and you're also the topic of this interview because everything that we talk about is going to light you up. So let's dive in you're listening to the untapped podcast, a podcast where you can learn how to tap into your potential and get paid to be you so that you are ultimately doing the work that you love and living life on purpose. It sounds too good to be true. I can tell you it's not. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson, a Kiwi entrepreneur, author, speaker, podcaster, obviously, triathlete, and white German shepherd lover. And I have gone from the corporate world to my own business, where for the last 11 years, I have essentially been learning and educating people how to build an online business they love by monetizing them and what they do best. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these golden nuggets with myself or my amazing and inspiring guests. And make sure that you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to listen to this, Just search for "Untapped" with Natalie Sisson. All right, let's dive in. My guest today is the one and only Gina DeVee of Divine Living, and she's on a mission to activate the new feminine entrepreneur through inspiring content, bold business trainings, and life-changing, luxurious live events. She's taking a stand for meaningful careers and elegant global lifestyles. And she's basically supporting today's wave of spiritual women owning their power that is unique, rare, and one of a kind. Gina DeVee is a published author. In fact, she's just come out with her new book, The Audacity to Be Queen. It's a great read. She's an accomplished speaker, a podcast host herself, a business coach, and a self made multimillionaire entrepreneur. And she's dedicated her career to helping women connect spiritually, start profitable businesses, create wealth from a feminine perspective become highly visible so they can make a global impact. But she started out as a struggling psychotherapist who lived at home with her parents with a ton of debt. And in this interview, we talk through that entire story and how she is now able to have this amazing seven-figure business, living a beautiful lifestyle and helping other women to do the same. So As you can see, we cover a lot on the Untapped podcast. We go through a whole range of different ways to get paid to be you and tap into your potential. And I just hope that each guest that you hear from each week is inspiring you in your own unique way to just really step up and be bold and live the life that you want. This episode surely will. So here's Gina. Gina DeVee, welcome to the Untapped podcast. So good to have you here.
1: Oh, it's such a joy to be
0: here. Thanks for having me. In fact, it's great and beautiful to be here because, not that people can see this as I'm holding it up to you, but I have your beautiful book, The Audacity to be Queen, in my hands, so do you. There we go. (laughs) And it's so timely for me because right now I'm writing the book Suck It Up, Princess, and you make quite a few references in your book around the entitled kind of princess attitude, which is brilliant because my book is not about being an entitled princess, but it, it really has got me thinking more about sort of stepping into our queenhood while reading it. But today... We're going to talk all about that. First off, I would love to know how you have tapped into your potential and how do you get paid to be you?
1: Ooh, such a juicy starting place. How have I tapped into my potential? Well, so much of how I've learned to be successful is to live my life based on feminine principles. So I believe that I have tapped into my potential by getting clear on my desires and following them how I was taught. I grew up in the Midwest of America and we were taught, you know, go to college, get a job, be practical, be reasonable. And desires were something that was sort of like, if there's enough time or money left over, which whenever, when's that? (laughs) And so as I like became very responsible and practical and reasonable as an adult, I was broke. I was living at home with my parents at the age of 30. I was in debt, $75,000 in debt. It's like, none of that worked. None of the masculine ways of doing life worked. So I really started exploring my desires. And every time I said yes to a desire, life got better. And, or every time, you know, and then I made more money and I was happier. I was creating more impact. So I would say I'm living my potential because I say yes to my desires on a very regular basis, like daily. And what was the second question? The second question oh,
0: is, how do you get paid to be you? And I would love to seeing the evolution, maybe even from where you started out before you started your business and then just the multiple ways in which you do now.
1: Oh my goodness. It is still a learning for me to really understand how simple it is for people like us to make money. And I'll tell you what didn't work and then I'll tell you how I get paid to be me today. So my background is, I first was a psychotherapist. So I have a master's degree in clinical psychology, and I got that degree because I wanted to help people. I wanted to help people transform their lives and have a better life. When I became a psychotherapist, I did not realize that I became an entrepreneur. I didn't know anything about wealth consciousness. I was so squeamish about receiving money. like I just wanted the front office person to handle that. I didn't know anything about marketing, branding, copywriting, like all of that was so foreign and also, by the way, not of any interest to me.
0: So I just wanted Isn't it to. is funny how we come 360? Well, not even 360, 180. Just amazing.
1: But then I also was very naive, speaking of being a princess, where I thought that if you were good at what you did, that clients would just come. Mm-hmm. And so I was tired of being broke with all this talent and potential. So, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. So I was introduced to internet marketing that came with all the branding, etc. Copyright and blah blah. And I didn't think that I was any good at it because I didn't like it. And I was scared because I thought, well, there's this right way to do business, and it's this foreign thing to me, and it's this thing that isn't really me. So I felt like I had to become someone that I wasn't to make money. And it put a lot of damage on my self-confidence on my self-esteem and on my bank account by the way because obviously coming from that mindset that you're not going to you know be prosperous and so I think that what over the years I now I've had this business for 15 years that the more I give myself permission to be me the more I share who I really am, the easier I let it all get is actually the more of what everyone wants from me and why they like, I have people sign up for my programs that are even like nuts and bolts business programs. And they're like, I'm not even an entrepreneur. I just want to be around you. And so, <laughs> to answer your question, how do I get paid to be me is I've included all of my, over the course of the years, this was a progression. I include more of my desires in my offerings. So I'll give you one perfect quick example. It was like sort of at the beginning ish of my career, not the very very beginning, but like 2 or 3 steps in, I had gotten good at sales and which I used to hate and not be good at by the way. And my clients were asking me, Gina, how are you so good at sales you should teach a course. And I thought fine, enough of them were asking and I was like, well, it will help people and it will make money, so why not do it? So I went and I created this program called Sales Superstar. And 125 people signed up for it, which at the time I was used to working with people like 12 at a time like that. This was like so new to me. And I was like, whoa, I guess people really do want this. And so it was a six week telecourse, 500 bucks. And I was like, well, that was fun. And I made a bunch of money. I should teach sales superstar too. Like and so I went and marketed that and put that out. And at this point, I probably had like 5,000 people on my list, had 125 Happy Campers and Sales Superstar one. opened it up to the whole list and all the people that had signed up for the first course. And I sold five, five. Wow! And I was like, and fortunately, I've always had spiritual connection. So I knew I didn't make it something that it wasn't. I didn't go into... You can't even sell a $500 telecourse. You better like sell $99 stuff. You know, you're never going to make it. I didn't make it mean any of that. What I did was I went in spiritually, and this is totally tied in how I get paid to be me. I went in spiritually and I asked, how is my life meant to be used? And what's the most pleasurable way I can make money? Mm-hmm. Boom, I got it. And I got, I wanted to start hosting, and this was before everyone was doing it. because This was back in like two thousand and I don't know, eight, nine, maybe I got, I want to start hosting destination intensives. And I want to host my first one at the Ritz in Paris. And I was going to charge 15,000 for the day. So the way that I love to work is in person. I'm still doing okay right now. Don't worry about me. <laughs> like, But the, my favorite way to work is in person, in depth, in a luxurious environment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the Ritz in Paris. I don't know, but was it, I think it was 15 grand. And then I was like, but the Lanesboro in London is lovely. Let's add that. And I was like, what about a villa in Provence, a Riyadh in Marrakech, and like somewhere in the Greek Isles. So like, I created seven destinations, all at 15 grand apiece, put it out to my list, the same list, by the way, this was like a week later, mm-hmm. that wouldn't buy the $500 sales superstar two course. And in five days, seven of the $15,000 days had sold out. Wow. And what I realized is when I incorporated all of my genuine desires of working in depth, in person, in a luxurious environment, at a destination, including travel, that this is how I get paid to be me. And I'll leave your listeners with one last tip. If you're not starting out with destination $15,000 intensive days at the Ritz in Paris, where this really started (laughs) was I was doing women's empowerment personal development work business building all during the week and on the weekends i would run to all my travel cooking food fashion magazines and host dinner parties and then during the week it was i was back to being serious and it was business entrepreneur women's empowerment personal development spiritual stuff and the lifestyle stuff on the weekends and it hit me what if i would bring what i do on the weekend into my work week and that's really when get paid to be you exploded so I find that to be a very useful tip for anyone. What do you do on the
0: weekend and how can you bring that into your work week? Mm, I really, really love that. Although I'm just thinking about the people sitting here on the weekend who go, oh, I just blob around in my pajamas and read books and have fun. But hey, as you said, that still might also be the thing that their community may need. Sure. Quiet well, yes,
1: time. Their community may need it modeled to live and take mm-hmm. time and space have a cup of tea, always be learning and be reading. Like there's like so much in there, but I find there's clues. It doesn't have to be everything you do on the weekend, but there's clues on bringing that into your work week.
0: Yeah, definitely. I find it such a fascinating journey when I was reading your book about going, as you said, from this psychotherapy job, you know, lots and lots of hours and not actually even, you were earning a pretty decent salary, but you were working so hard for it and you were so tired. How did you... Make that leap to giving it all up, moving across the country, and pursuing your own thing. Because like, that was a massive leap of faith. I feel like I've taken those as well. It was really cool to read it in your book because so I was like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm not the only crazy nutter who follows her desires. So just talk me through that because I'm always curious to learn.
1: Yes. Well, I did have it fairly easy because I don't think I was earning that great of a salary. I was earning like $24,000 at the time. I was $75,000 in debt and living at home with my parents in the suburbs of Detroit. So Yes, I had a master's degree in clinical psychology, which I have still earned, and I had a license to practice psychology in Michigan. But I, like, I looked at the data, and I was like, it was sort of like, what do I have to lose? Like, what am I <laughs> going to make less than twenty-four grand a year in California? But it was the psychology that was so hard to break out of. And my God, bless my parents who they were like, no, don't do it. You worked <laughs> so hard for this license, and I was like. Tony Robbins, he hadn't just come out with stuff because this is like the whatever, early 2000s. So he'd been doing it for a while. But Tony Robbins stuff was like gaining major momentum and he was talking about being a life coach. And like, I basically realized because of him that I could do exactly what I was doing with no limitations and unlimited income. Like, so it didn't seem to me to be the biggest gamble. Um, It wasn't like I was making $300,000 a year in corporate and I want to go start this new business. I was like more like, what did I have to lose? Where I was pretty sure that if I kept doing the same thing, I was going to get the same result.
0: Mm. You still had that awesome self-belief. So I agree, you weren't running away from anything major into something super minor, but you still were like, let's just give this a shot. And at that point, just talk people through, did you have life coaching experience? I mean, obviously, psychotherapy is really useful for being able to Help people internally, but just that bigger state of mind, that bigger playbook of life of what you really want. Was that just bubbling up inside you because you were so ready to jump into your desires?
1: You know, it's such a great question, Ellie. I think I didn't know what I didn't know. I was just I was so tired of being strapped and stuck. Probably the biggest leap for me, you know, as a girl that grew up in Michigan, California was like a place you went on vacation and it was expensive. So That was like the, like, I didn't have any friends there. I was like, am I going to make it? Like, how am I going to get clients? Like that was a fear, but not, it wasn't a bigger fear than my excitement. And then I think getting out there, it was really, I kind of always had a positive mindset. Like I just sort of assumed it would work out, not really realizing like what needs to happen for it to actually do so. So in that I had beginner's luck. So that part was great, but I also was very naive, talk about the princess. And so the just assuming it would work, I remember one time like I was like down to just like, you know, such a small amount of money. And I went to go pick up my mail, which was at like a UPS box. And next to the UPS box there was a grocery store. It was like a, a chain store. And I remember watching someone walk out of that grocery store with the uniform and the apron and everything. And I was so like, the, not, the honeymoon of El- Los Angeles had worn off and I was like, what am I doing and how am I going to get a client? And I'd done everything I knew and I, nothing was happening. And I was like, do I need to go get a job at a grocery store? And I was like, Gina, you've got to figure out a way. You've got to figure out a way to. So it did take an incredible amount of fierceness of like not buckling to the status quo.
0: Mm, yeah, you just actually reminded me of being back in Vancouver in the same position before I found my business partner and we started a tech company it was like, the worst that I could do is go back into a job, but you've got to make it work because you don't want to do that. You've just come away from that. And it's incredible when you just like open the mind to like, look at all the resourceful ways you can start earning money, even if it's not the perfect thing that you want to do. And um, going into that state of reframe of, okay, what's possible and what's in front of me and what have I already got that I can work on is hugely mm-hmm. powerful. Um I'd love for you to share the story in your book because I know that you then, you know, I love that you also really enjoy working one-on-one with people or creating beautiful experiences. It's one of my favorite things to do, especially with an online business where you can actually literally hide away behind a laptop. I still love to turn up and be present with people. And I love that you shared the story in the book, which really resonated with me about the event. Without giving too much of it away, I'm just wondering if you'd be willing to tell that story because that was... Massive, right? And that I feel like that was a big turning point for you.
1: That, what you definitely that. Was. Yeah? <laughs> that was a risk, like, <laughs> also beginner's luck because I was like, Oh, I'm sure it'll just work out. Whew. Okay, so what but can, I
0: just, to- can I just can I just interrupt there because I think that attitude is awesome, mainly because you know, I see really successful entrepreneurs adopt it. I've adopted it where, as you said, what you don't know, you don't know, can be a blessing. Sometimes because you don't look at all the things that could go wrong. You just really go in with this big, like, attitude of let's make this happen. And that is what the universe goes, Oh, awesome. She knows where she's going. She knows what she's putting out. Let's help her along. Right. And I think this is a perfect example of it.
1: Yes. As long as you don't quit when the going gets tough because 100%. it will bring you your needs um, for me and does for me. So, this was back in 2008. It was November of 2008. I had gone to a seminar and my online business was just, just, just getting off the ground. And I appreciated it and I liked it enough, but it was really was not my big dream exclusively just to be sitting behind my computer all day. And I missed the days of in person from being a psychotherapist. I missed being around people. And so I thought, well maybe next year, like being 12 months, I could start speaking on stage. So I'm sitting like being super antisocial in the back of the seminar room. Well, it was one of those multi-speaker events. and The next speaker gets on and the next speaker gets on. This one guy came on and I don't remember anything he said for three hours, except you can have what you want and you can have it now. And it just struck me. I was like, I took, and this was also the the, the beauty of being like a beginner of like soaking up the information. Like I, I took it as true. I wasn't like, well, that's not true, and then I was like, <laughs> wow, I can have what I want. Well, I want to be speaking on stage, so he's telling me I can have what I want, and I can have it now. And I really, very innocently took that at face value. So this was like mid November two thousand eight, and I was like, well. I want to speak on stage. So I'm going to do my own, my first live event, not in 12 months, but in, I'm going to do it in January. And so I was like, where would be a beautiful place to do it? And I knew about the Lux Hotel in Bel Air. So I drove over to the Lux Hotel in Bel Air and said, I'd like to rent your ballroom for my first workshop. And lady
0: balls, in- lady balls right there.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize it. It didn't even- I wasn't like, where's like the smallest banquet room? I was just, I don't know. I don't know what I was like. And they're like, here it is. It seats 350 people. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and so I, read, I think it was like $10,000 or something by a credit card, which at the time might as well have been a million for me. Mm-hmm. Like, And I was like, great. So I signed the contract, 10 grand. And I... I go off to go market my first event. This is probably now early December and the event is at the end of January. And I'm like, I got two months for this. Great. So I'm marketing I'm marketing and marketing in December. It's like, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. And I was like, oh, well, it's probably just because the holidays, right? Like people are busy and distracted. Like come January, it's like going to really like, that's when all the cha-ching tickets are going to get sold. And it was like the first week of January, by the second week of January, I had sold five tickets. Four to someone in LA, women in LA and one to like some lady in Ohio. And these tickets, they were only $99. And I was like, I'd never, Natalie, I'd never had sleepless nights before then. I was like, what am I going to do? Because I had this vision of filling this room with like the new women millionaires. Not that I was a millionaire at the time, but like, it was like for all of us together who all of us who wanted to be millionaires and my husband who's like so supportive was just like, what is it that you need to see to cancel this? I'm like, I can't cancel the event. I can't lose 10 grand. Like it just like, I'm not just going to throw this 10 grand. It's like, It was like a million dollars. And I was like, no, 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 So like I, this, like I just dug into the depths. I was like, how can it happen? How is it possible? And I really prayed and I really kept seeing the vision. And I got the idea to reach out to other influencers. And I was like, okay, if I get 10 other Industry leaders to bring even ten people, you know that that would be a hundred people in the room, and at least that would be, I guess, acceptable in a three hundred person ballroom, three hundred fifty person ballroom. And so I reached out to and I asked for help, which was so uncomfortable, and women don't like to do that. But I was basically like, look at, I'm in this predicament. I wanted to make it a win-win. Like, how about if you come, you'll have a table. I'll bring you up on stage. I'll feature you in like the printed program. And then people, women are so generous, right? They're like, "Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be great." And so, and then another woman was like, "You should drop the ticket price." And I was like, "What? It's only ninety nine dollars." Oh, did I mention I was providing breakfast and lunch at the Lux Hotel in Bel Air for three hundred and fifty women? So I'm like, I can't exactly drop the ticket price. Like. And what had happened was this was January, 2009, like the housing crash, Bernie Madoff has just made Uh up. It was like this whole thing. And and they're like, drop the ticket price. So I had to course correct. I dropped the ticket price to $29. I asked 10 friends to bring 10 friends. And anyways, by the day that the event came about, I was in the green room getting ready to go on. And it was like, we're 15 minutes late. My husband comes in and he's like, just take a seat. We're not ready yet. And I'm like all about being on time. I'm Capcorn. And he said, can't start yet. And I was like, why, why? And he said, because there's a line of cars around the block. And I was like, what? (laughs) And that day, not... 350 women showed up, 354 women showed up. I ended up selling a hundred thousand dollars worth of coaching programs, which I was probably, I don't think I had even made that the entire year before.
0: So
1: it turned out to be a success.
0: It's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing it. I just loved reading that whole story and also how supportive your husband is. I mean, it's just awesome. And that makes a huge difference, right? That he's just like sees you in your divine and he's like, just do it. And you're like, awesome. yeah, 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 absolutely. So I know that you also now, I mean, it's pretty impressive when you go to your website and we'll share that at the end. You you do have a lot of offers and I think you've really understood over the time, your audience and the courses that you run and the ways in which they can coach and work with you. And I did want to shout out because you even have a pretty amazing offer on there to work with you for like a hundred K Over the space of a year, and when I was reading that, I was like, "That's freaking awesome! I love love one that you're an open book, two that you're prepared to say I'm worth it, and this is going to be worth it for you." What does it take for people who are listening who are like, "Holy crap! I don't even make that in a year. Like, (laughs) going to charge it." What do you feel it really takes for people to step into their into their queen power and just go, "I've got this, and I know it's worth it, and I know I'm going to provide tremendous value, and you're going to get tremendous." transformation?
1: Yes. There's a lot of great questions in there. So let me start from the beginning. So one, with all due respect, I do have the master's in clinical psychology and I was a psychotherapist. So I wasn't like one day I went to Kinko's and printed out a a business card and said, I'm going to be a coach and had no grounding. I'm not saying that anybody needs to have graduate degree in anything. I'm just saying that Like, I think that people do a pendulum swing in this industry. There's people that are so well credentialed, whether it's with life experience, whether it's with degrees, whether it's with expertise, whatever it is, that are like, oh, I could never. And then there's this other group that's like using the universe like a catalog. I'll take one of those and 15 of these and three of these, and I'm worth making $10 million tonight. Mm. So. I think that what happened for me was I was in the first camp. I was super credentialed, very naturally gifted and talented, also had an incredible amount of experience, but I was like, who am I to charge that much? I was like growing my wealth consciousness at the time. I would go to the seminars and I would see people with these one-day intensives and they were VIP days and they were selling them for 10 grand a pop. And, and I think what I started to notice was that for me at that time and for them, they actually were not more experienced than me. They weren't more educated than me and they weren't more talented than me. So the first tip and step I would say for anyone wanting to charge more or do anything is get close to who is doing what it is you want to do. Because I put these people up on such pedestals like, oh my gosh, they must have all the answers. They must be so much different than me. They must be so much more advanced and have the cure for cancer on top of it. Like, (laughs) they're charging that much and I would like sit there and I would watch the people on stage who would filled the room and at the time I hadn't had the big lists the big coaching packages and I would listen to the way they would answer the audience questions And I was like I would have said the same thing Hmm. then I started hearing about people that had six-figure coaching programs and I was like now, this is ridiculous. First of all, if anyone had $100,000, why would you even need a coach? Like, to me, that was just more mm-hmm. money than God had at the time, anyways. And then, <laughs> but I kept showing up at the seminars and I would like, I would notice where the VIP tables were and I would get close to them and I would become friends with them and I would realize it was like, they're not that different than me. I had made them something that they weren't. Now, I will say this they weren't inept. They weren't bad at what they did. They weren't shallow. Like it wasn't that at all. There was a, they, they were for me well qualified with what they were doing, but I had made them so much more special and so much better than me. And so that really showed me the only difference between them and I was one, they definitely had a higher wealth consciousness than I did. And two, they had put themselves in the game. I was still available to discount myself to say that I wasn't ready, to say that I wasn't enough of whatever. And so that was the starting place. Then when I got close to them and realized, I was like, okay. And it was my husband's belief in me. He was like, you know, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so are selling six-figure packages. He's like, why not you? You're not any different than them. And I remember, Natalie, the first time I sold a $100,000 package, I was like, I was so nervous. Like, I really wanted to do it. And I was like almost pretty much ready, but I wasn't sure. And so I was going to be working on the sales page and all the things. And while I was doing that, I remember where I was. I was out of the villa in the south of France, fulfilling some of those intensives that I sold. And I remember being out on my computer on the back patio. And I wrote like just a text email and I wrote it to myself. And I BCC'd, I think there were about 28 former clients that I had worked with. And I was like, hello, lovely clients or community, whatever it was. You're on this list because I have decided to offer a larger container to do the transformational work than I ever have before. And here's what it's going to include. And I think I called it my diamond. I mean, like, I called it my diamond program, year-long, private mentorship. Here's what it includes, 100 grand, and then whatever the payment plan was. And then I had something like... If you're at all, I'm working. I think I was transparent. I said, you know, I'm going to be sending this out to my list, but because I've worked with you in the past, I wanted to give you first option. I've got room for one. And then something inside me just said, or maybe up to three people. (laughs) And I couldn't even imagine getting one, not one. But like, I mean, I want, I sort of like, I mean, I didn't have certainty over one. I had like a hope for one. And I sent the email out. And three people responded and I was like, what was with serious responses? And that year, 12 people ended up signing up. And that's actually how I crossed seven figures. Just with 12 clients, hmm. I had a 5,000 person list. I sold twelve hundred dollars packages and made 1.2 million. And that's how it happened.
0: That's pretty awesome. And I just love for people listening, that's sometimes how obviously there was a lot in the lead up to that and all your experience and credentials, as you said, but you also just made an intention that this is it. And I'm sure that those women who worked with you also were totally ready for it. You know, it's like meeting the right people at the right time in the right place. were like, yeah, this is for me. So absolutely love that. And that you were writing it from the patio, like, Hey, just putting it out there. Um, yeah, and that's, so that's awesome. really what it
1: was. And yeah. You know, and I would say the women, so you can imagine stepping into any of us for our next level. Like they were like ready, but not, you know, like mm. who's really like, Hey, what should I do with this extra hundred grand? You know, <laughs> especially like my clients, you know, they're not billionaires, kids, they're not trust fund babies. They were people that felt a higher calling actually the wealthiest people on my list were the ones that were the tire kickers and never signed up. And the mm. ones that were like the scrappiest, And the most determined did sign up. So, and it's worked out pretty well for them. I think Jen Sincero writes about it in her books and, you know, gave an endorsement and, you know, people that worked, that used it well, got their money's worth and then some.
0: Beautiful. I so, so loved it. Thank you for sharing. I wanted to dive into the book. Essentially, I always love to ask authors as well, being an author myself, what made you want to write it? Because this is like 20 years worth of
1: goodness in here. So the real reason is actually the opposite of everything that we've just been talking about. You know, when I started to get paid to be me, I realized I loved luxury. I loved high end. I wanted to create the luxury brand of personal development. I did that, you know, went on to host, you know, individuals and groups at the pyramids and Cairo and Greek islands, like all of the high end stuff. I've never forgotten where I came from. I'm a school teacher's kid from Detroit and I really wanted all of the content and all of the coaching that I was able to give people in my high-end programs in easily consumable $27 price point. So that's really why I wrote the book was because I'm not an elitist. I'm very inclusive, even though I love all of the luxury pieces. I knew that there were all the former Gina's, the genas that were broke and living at home with their parents and $75,000 in debt that didn't know what was possible, that they could live by their desires, that everything's happening for them, not to them. And so that's why I wanted to write the book.
0: Mm, Thank you. And thank you so much for doing it, because I know what goes into a book. Trying to find the page in here that, well, there's many, because I highlighted a bunch of things, obviously. And just really consume this in like two or three days, by the way, I always find that as an author, like you take months, maybe some people years to write a book and then somebody comes along and steamrolls through it in a day or two. But I do love that. So there was one point in the book where you were talking about defiance and you said, in whatever form these injured feminine instincts are showing up in our everyday lives, it's crucial that we become aware of them. These wounded habits are literally sucking the fierce, fabulous life out of us. On the other side of healing them is the epic life for us all. Now, I know I've just pulled that right out of context, but would you like to speak to that? Because this was talking all about like, you know, when you're not turning up in your beautiful queenhood and you're not turning up with this full, beautiful, divine, feminine power that we have, it's just, just going to keep happening the way it is until you, I guess, appreciate what you can actually bring into this world.
1: Yes, yes. So it's so much about what you were talking about earlier about getting paid to be you. That's us being in total alliance, owning our qualities, owning our confidence, owning our purpose, our destiny, our uniqueness, all of it. And sadly for humanity, most of us have not been powerfully modeled how to live in alliance, how to live in our total queenhood. And as a result we fall into what I call the injured feminine instinct. And then we create the instinct to either be compliant. These people pleasers, this little miss perfect, these perfectionists just doing what we think everyone else wants us to do, saying what everyone else wants us to say, falling prey to what they want or doing the pendulum swing of defiance. There's no way I'm doing that. I'm not going to do it that way. I'm not going to do the way my mother did or my father did. So, both compliance and defiance are two sides of the same coin, but neither have us in alliance. Because I used to think, because I was more of the compliant type and I was like the little miss perfect and needed people to like me and approve of me and accept me to feel okay in the world. I used to think the defiant ones are free. Like those were the rebels. They were doing it their own <laughs> way, but they weren't because they were just like, I was in reaction to like getting in trouble or other people not liking me. They were in reaction to whatever, society's norms or their parents' rules or whatever. And so if you're running away from something or complying to someone else's value system, you are not in alliance with your own power and your own mission and your own potential and capabilities. And so that's what this book is so much about, about getting you into alliance in your powers that you can do what you were meant to do.
0: Yeah. And I'm so glad that you clarify that because when I was reading it, you actually took me back to a memory of when I was training for a body sculpting competition years back. And my boyfriend at the time said, now I'm really proud of you, but I don't think you're actually going to follow this through because you don't stick with things for a very long time. And in that moment, I made a decision to use that, whether for good or not to go, I'll show you, which worked, right? Because I went through and I won the competition and I'm talking about this in my book that I'm writing. But had I in that moment just said, thanks so much for your opinion," But I'm really excited about doing this for me on my own terms. That would have just been so much more of me sitting in my feminine power, right? And actually going, this is my decision. And it made me appreciate when I was reading that, how many decisions I've made in life and how many successes I've had through pure determination and defiance versus like, this is something I really want. And I think there's times for that. There's times to be that rebel and to do it, but not that it drives the whole reason you're doing something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What is one other key thing? There's so many in the book, so we'll definitely share it and the link for people to grab it. But what is one thing that has been resonating so much with the readers of this book since it's been out that you'd love to share with the listeners?
1: Ooh, what has been? I know been it's resonated? tough. <laughs> it's been super fun. So for those of you listening, if you get the book, screenshot a page or take a picture of something you like and tag me because we do repost a lot, and I love reading it. I think comparison-itis is such a big one in the community. Mm-hmm. Women comparing themselves to others, thinking that they can't have something if they've seen someone else do it. And then really getting the whole piece in the book and not becoming the defeatist, but really writing that cosmic thank you note to thank someone who has gone before you, who is doing what you want to do or has what you want to have and is really just meant to be a light on your path to show you what actually is possible for you
0: yeah beautiful and i will actually print that out and do it on instagram for you because i loved when i read that it was like oh i love that you've got that and excellent i'm next i'm not paraphrasing it perfectly but i was just like oh yeah i love that just that thank you so much and great i'm next i'm so excited beautiful way to reframe So for people who are super interested and just want to learn more, want to pick up the book, do all the good things, have more Gina in their life, which by the way is my mom's first name. So it's super easy for me to remember. Where is the best place for people to learn more about you?
1: Thank you, Natalie. Well, come on over to divineliving.com. It's D-I-V-I-N-E, divineliving.com. If you want to get the book, it's uh, divineliving.com forward slash book. But there's lots of great videos and free things on my website that you can check out and see the world of divine living also whether or not you get the book though i want you to you can go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity and that is where you will get the free companion course of the book there's free videos and templates there's a facebook group i do live calls periodically Um, And it's just a real powerful, positive vortex of women from around the world who are going for something more in their life. So it's a companion course to the book. I think you'll love it. So check that out. And if you're on Instagram, follow me at
0: Gina DeVee. Thank you so much, Gina. It's been an absolute blast.
1: Oh, such a great time with you as well.
0: So if you enjoyed this episode, which certainly left me feeling really lifted and spirited, please do pick up a copy of Gina's book. As I said, I sort of devoured it in a couple of days. It's really awesome. And it's more than just awesome, actually. You know, it's 20 years of Gina's experience poured into this book. It's a great read. It'll make you think. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It's funny. And it's just one of those perfect things to have on a weekend or maybe at a girl's retreat and go through it and talk through some of the concepts in it. And I'm super excited for when Suck It Up Princess comes out, because, you know, there's a lot of things that will be similar about the themes of these books, queens and princesses. But really, I don't feel that as women, we can hear this enough because we need to keep working on our mindsets, on our abundance, on our consciousness, on our wealth consciousness, and really need to keep doing the work so that we are truly, truly living our best lives. If you have been enjoying the untapped podcast, please take a screenshot of where you are listening into this a screenshot of the actual podcast or post a selfie and tag at Natalie Sisson and use hashtag untapped so that I know you were listening in because otherwise outside of this, I'm just talking into a microphone, hoping that you're enjoying these episodes and particularly keen for you to share this one with a girlfriend who needs to hear this interview. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, make sure you tap into your potential.